At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, has their fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated BF Goodrich All-Terrain TA KO2. But did you know they sell other automotive products as well? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, just go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you start at ExpressPros.com. Okay, all ball community, I'm about to make your holidays even happier. Get the Epson EcoTank cartridge-free printer because you know it's not festive? Cartridge conniptions. Those panic freakouts that happen when those pricey ink cartridges run out at the worst possible time. Like when you're halfway through printing your holiday cards. With Epson EcoTank, kiss expensive cartridges goodbye. This printer has big ink tanks and comes with a ridiculous amount of ink so you can just fill and chill all season long. Now that's Mary. Epson EcoTank. Learn more at Epson.com slash AllBallWithDoug. Whether you upgrade your car because you need to or because you want to, eBay Motors has all the car parts you need. Over 122 million of them from new rims to seat cushions. All at the right prices. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. There's a recipe for getting your car running just right. And ebaymotors.com has all the ingredients you need. 
They have over 122 million car parts and accessories in stock, all at the right prices. Now that's tasty. ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Hey, welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. And uh, we got a great guest for you. His name is Steve Lapis. He's a good friend of mine, of course, the former head coach at Manhattan, at Villanova, at UMass. And um, in this part, this is part one. We'll get to oh, his, his life story is really amazing. You know, growing up in the Bronx in New York, um, his dad was an immigrant. Wait to hear what his dad did. When his dad first saw him play uh, basketball, when he first moved out of the house, right? Like all of it is like, you, you just, you can't bow. These, these things are so good. Um, I got to do a pod for you on actual things going on inside a hoop. But in the meantime, I think you'll love this. It's too good. Steve Lapis works for CBS. He was an outstanding coach at Manhattan, led them to 25 wins in their fourth year, then took Villanova. They were, I, we played against that team that, that lost with Kerry Kittles and, uh, Chuck Cornegay and Eric Ebers and, uh, Alvin Williams, what a, what a great John Celestan, what a tremendous team. We'll, 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 we'll dive into how he got the Villanova job, all this other stuff. Without further ado, here's my man Lap. So, uh, Lap, I mean, I think everyone knows the end of the coaching and into the broadcasting and calling NCAA tournament games, but I'm more fascinated by growing up and what took you from there to here. So, you grew up. Where in New York? I grew up right in Washington Heights, right by the George Washington Bridge in Upper Manhattan. Okay, so Upper Man, Upper Manhattan. Um, who are the Who are the players at that time? You're coming out in high school. This is where you start kind of throwing out the, all the New York City guys. Who are the guys at that time? Well, at that time, Tiny Archibald was a couple of years older than me, but he was a guy that we looked up to. Ron Behagen was a guy who played for D. Wood Clinton. He was another guy. There was a guy of boys and girls named Ernie Douse. And some of the, you know, obviously Nate Archibald became a big time player. Ron Behagen played in the NBA. Uh, Tom Henderson was another guy who was around and played in the NBA for a long time. So those, those were probably the main guys, you know what I mean, from the, the Manhattan Bronx type area. What was the what was the name of the court that you grew up playing? Because everybody had every court had a name. I grew up at Dykeman Street and Dykeman Street's a pretty famous court. You know, a lot of guys played in the Dykeman uh, projects there. Actually, Kareem, who obviously is older than me, grew up right in those projects. So we played a lot of Dykeman Street projects. But you're so you're older than Kareem or he's older than you? He's older than me. Okay, so did you like did you ever see him play pickup when you were a kid? You ever never saw him. I, I did. I did see Power Memorial play two years after he graduated from there. And they were still very, they had Cersei, Len Elmore, and Jab Trimble. They were the number one high school team in the country after Kareem. They were number one when he was there too. So I never, he's about, I'm going to guess he's probably five or six years older than me. So no, we never, never cross paths. Okay. So again, and, and forgive me if I'm wrong for saying this year in this pod, you're allowed to say whatever. <laughs> uh, part of this is, you know, my dad growing up in the Bronx and then moving out to the Island his contention always was that New York City is a basketball town. And the only reason that that it's now like a Yankees town or Giants or Rangers is just because the basketball hasn't been good. Right. But this but whoever can get it back to where it was when Red uh, Red Holtzman was coaching the Knicks like that guy, they'll have a ticker tape parade and it will totally change. So but you were that that you were around during that era. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, well, so so the juxtaposition of now where the garden is still great. OK, but players go outside the city to go to prep schools, you know, or go or leave New York in terms of going to college. Uh, what was it like back then? Well, then there's no question that New York was the mecca of basketball. Now, the crazy thing about the Knicks is they've only had two titles in the history of the franchise and they happen within four years of each other. So that is kind of the crazy. So here you have this job that the perception is it's you know certainly one of the best jobs in the world in basketball, yet they haven't really been able to bring one home. Patrick Ewing got close and Pat Riley and Jeff Van Gundy got close. But bottom line is we haven't had a championship since 1973, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. But there's no doubt that it's a basketball town. Now, if you ask me, now I haven't grown up there, I'm going to say number one, Yankees. Number two, Knicks. If I had to, if you made me put it in order. Well, they won 27, they won 27 titles. Yeah, you know. the Yankees are the Yankees. That's, that is never going to change. But I would say the Knicks, would, if they're good. But, but you, don't, you don't have, and look, kids don't play as much pickup as they used to. Okay? Uh, but you don't have stickball in the streets anymore. You still do have some, you still have a ton of basketball, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not like New York is pumping out baseball players. That, that it's, it's a, That's there's true. a, you know, as a basketball town. Okay, so um, how good were you as a player? I was a uh, started in high school, my senior year. Came off the bench on a city championship team my junior year. What what high school? Uh, Bronx High School of Science. We were in the B division. Okay, the yeah the A division that was the big schools, Clinton and those schools. Even though we played them in those days, we played in the B division, which was smaller schools, and we won the. B division championship two years in a row. My sophomore year, I didn't play at all. My junior year, I played some as coming off the bench. Then my senior year, I started. We weren't very good. Probably had something to do with me starting. And then uh, I went to CCNY, and I I started for a couple of years, division three player, uh, averaged probably seven points and had some assists. No three-point shooting. That was the one thing I could do was shoot from pretty far out in those days. But so I was was a half-assed player. Loved it. That's all I wanted to do. What, what, what was your parent? What, what were their occupations? Well, my father came from Greece in 1927. He was a florist. He had a flower shop in Jamaica, Queens. And, you know, and my mother is Greek, but she was born here. And that's one of the reasons why they settled in Washington Heights. It was a big Greek neighborhood, one of the bigger Greek neighborhoods in the country. There was a Greek church there and a Greek school. I went to Greek school from when I was kindergarten to eighth grade. I, I still read and write Greek because I learned that's what we spoke at home. So, you know, and my parents, you know, it's funny, Doug, because you're a parent. You want to see all your kids gay. My parents did not see me play basketball till I was in college. <laughs> I was playing from when I was like 12, 13 years old in elementary school and then in high school. And they didn't see me play till I was in college as opposed to now. I've seen my kid play every game he ever played, probably or pretty close. So um, what was your dad? like when you're you know you you have this passion for a sport that he clearly doesn't relate to at all yeah like at like my like my grandpa was uh an accountant and then he became a car dealer he took over a car dealership and he thought my dad was nuts for for his love for basketball like they actually had him like tested to see if he was if he had something wrong mentally he's like no, i just love this sport and all it does for people what was what was their reaction to your love for basketball. 
Well, let's understand this. He comes here when he's 14 years old. Okay. And so he, he never was. Never went to high school. So he didn't understand this idea of you play high school, you play sports in high school. I would go play after school in high school. And thankfully, my mother, who, as I said, is Greek, but was born here and had brothers who played sports when she was a kid, would tell him, no, the kid's here. He said, when do you get a job after school? What is, what's he go play basketball? What is this? Playing basketball. And my mother said, no, no, the kid's here. They go to school and they play sports. This is what they do. So anyway, so he didn't understand that. So now I'm like 20 years old and I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. So I was a, I, I majored in biology. I wanted to be a doctor when I was in college. So what happens? I get a C plus in organic chemistry. So now in those days, Doug, you couldn't make medical school if you didn't have all A's in every subject in this country. You'd have to like go to Mexico or somewhere else. And I didn't really want to do that. So I'm like, now, what am I going to do? This is what I've been talking about all these years. I started coaching my brother and his friends at the Greek church when I was 20 years old. And I said, you know, this, it's pretty cool. I like this. I like it. I, I, all I wanted to do was play, even though I was a half-ass player. I played like eight hours a day in the parks, whenever we we're looking for a game. That's what I did. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, this, why not try to coach and do this? So I remember going to my father, make a long story short. And he asked me in Greek, we used to talk, I says, what are you going to do? Wait, 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 Which how does that sound in Greek? What is what are you going to do? Say, say it in Greek. What are you going to do with your life? And I said, well, dad, I'll be honest with you. I want to try and coach basketball. And he said, what? He said, and he said in Greek, he said, and I was, are you going to get by with a ball? That's what he said to me. And I said, well, yeah, you know what I mean? I, I, yeah, I'm going to try and do that. Focus ahead. I become a high school coach. Well, so, so, wait, so your first high school, so how did you get to high school, Jeff? Okay. Back, all right. We got to take this slow. Well, what happens is, so now I got to take wait, so, so, so you graduated 20 years old. I know. I wasn't 20. I was a junior then. Trying to figure out what I wanted to major in and do because I couldn't do this bio thing. Okay. It wasn't, wasn't really so, worth it. So what, you, you switched to PE? I switched to education. Okay. So I switched to education. I said, I'm going to try and be a teacher. Now it took me an extra year to get out of college. Because I had taken all these other classes in sciences, it took me a whole other year to get out. So now I'm, I'm going to be a fifth-year guy. I'm, I'm, and we're commuting to school. It's different in those days. How about this, Doug? Cost $52 to go to CCNY in those days if you were a New York City resident. Where, where, was, where was CCNY? Right in Harlem. It's right in the middle of Harlem on 137th okay, So, so to, from, from where you live to there? It was a 15-minute bus ride. You did the bus? You didn't do the subway? Did the bus. The bus, the subway was further. The bus dropped you off right in the corner of the, where the campus was. So, so Steve Lapis, 20, 21 years old, hopping on the bus. You got the post every day. Like what, what was your, what was, what was your daily routine? Got the New York post every day. No doubt. Still to this day, read it every day yeah. and just, you know, uh, go there, go to school. Now my fifth year, obviously I didn't play on the team because I was already done with my eligibility. So I wasn't practicing. Right? So I was just going to school, taking as many courses as I could in education so I could get, get out. <laughs> who was your, who was your high school coach? My high school coach was a guy named Norm Lefkowitz, who was a tremendous. See, we were considered the, the I don't want to say it, but I guess I'm saying, we were considered the real smart school in New York city. Right. So we weren't supposed to have good teams. This guy was a tremendous coach. We would win games 42, 40, 46, 44. That's how he, anyway, he, he's also one of the founding fathers. People don't know this, a five-star. 
He was on the first five-star staff with Garfinkel and Will Klein. He was in there first. Tremendous coach. So I played for him in high school. But I'll tell you what, Doug, he put the fear of God in me. I was so scared of him. Yeah. I mean, scared to death. Here I was. I mean, I, I think everybody was a little taken aback by him. You know, I, I grew up going to this Greek school. I never really got yelled at that much. You know, I was kind of the goody kid, did, did what I was supposed to do. And he scared me to death. So he was he was hard to play for initially. And then, you know, it got a little better. But, stuff. but ironically, when I graduate college, I, I, I don't have a job coaching or anything. I volunteer, He becomes a Division three head coach and I become his volunteer assistant at York College, which is in Jamaica, Queens. So I did that for a year, just helping him. You know, going to practice, trying to recruit a little bit, whatever. What, what was he? What was he like in terms of his practice planning? In terms of what you guys worked on? Because you know, like all of these plant seeds in what made you into an outstanding coach. What was he like? He was. We do the same thing every day. He had a system. We ran this like wheel system, and that's what we. It was kind of. It wasn't as complicated as Princeton, but it's kind of like those Princeton guys. You know, those Princeton guys are like, this is like a religion. Running that stuff is a religion. That's it. This is what we do. And that's it. And we're doing it. That's how he was with his offense. And it was a very patient offense, pass, cut, cut, cut. It was the same. And we just did it every single day in our sleep. We could do it. So his, his practices were very basic. Passing drills, you know, it was different in those days, you know, base, baseball passes, chess passes. Now, I'm not saying there's not a place for it today, but I don't know if high school coaches dribbling drills. You know, it was like a basic fundamentals and run through this offense and play defense like there's no tomorrow. Okay, so uh, then who did you play for at CCNY? At CCNY, I played for two guys, uh, three guys. I played for a guy named Ralph Bako, who uh, – in 1957, was the leading scorer in the country at northern or southern Illinois, northern Illinois. Really good guy. He's passed away. Then I played for a guy named Jack Kaminer, who was a, kind of a legend in the New York area, coached in the Bronx and coached in Westchester County at Scarsdale High. I don't know if you remember, you know, you're a West Coast guy. You remember a guy named John Ravelli? Mm-hmm. He played at Stanford. Yeah, he's probably, you know, too old for you to know because you're too young. But uh, and Butch Graves. Those are two guys that he had played for him. That One went to Yale, one went to Stanford. He was from Scarsdale High School. And then I played for Floyd Lane, who played on the 1950 CCNY team that won the NCAA and NIT championship. Um, what, is there anything of those three guys that you took with you that you said, I want to do that, or, or you organically did? I, I took a little bit of all of them, to be honest with you. I, not from a basketball perspective, not much, but from a personal perspective and how they dealt with people, how they dealt with situations. I tried all three of those guys that I had in college were really personable, really great guys. And they had great communication skills with the players. And that was one of the things that I saw and I liked because it it made me feel, whereas my high school coach was a great coach and we became good friends. I was afraid of him in high school. Yeah. These guys I wasn't afraid of. And so, uh, you know, I think that's some of the things. And, and you know, uh, Jack Kaminer was a guy who was a tremendous teacher. 
and a, a little more advanced than Norm Lefkowitz was, who was my high school coach, but a guy who could really break things down and like take a take a game plan and make it into drills of okay, we got to do this to guard this. We got to so he's the one who gave me my first uh, experience with that kind of stuff. Um, okay, so you get done and you you volunteer at York, right? Okay, so York's in Jamaica, Queens. Your dad's flower shops in Jamaica, Queens. Right. Are you how are you are you making money? Are you working for him? Are you doing anything to, or you're just simply grinding with hoops? No, I get my first teaching job in the Bronx at a Greek school um, called the Greek American Institute, and I was making five thousand dollars a year, and I would teach, get out at two thirty, three o'clock and drive to Jamaica, Queens every day. Now, we didn't have a car. I had, that was the first car our family had was the one that I had when I graduated college. Uh, my father took the soap. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Job searching can be a lonely process. Endless searching, phone calls that go nowhere, applications that vanish. It's time for a better way to find a job. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you. Each year, tens of thousands of job seekers find work with help of Express Employment Professionals, and Express helps people find all kinds of jobs, from manual manufacturing to logistics to customer service to accounting and more getting an interview with express can be as easy as a phone call and with just one application with express employment professionals you're in the running for numerous opportunities in your community make your job search easier by letting the professionals at express be your talent agent to find you the right spot on a great team express employment professionals is your one connection for getting a job visit expresspros.com today You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that'll elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose some full line of Yokohama tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Subway to Jamaica every day it was an hour. Three subway, three trains every each way every day. He did it for 35 years. And you know, Doug, it's funny. His day off was Tuesday. Imagine Tuesday. Like people, everybody's off Saturday and Sunday. No, no. His day off was Tuesday because in the flower business, people had weddings, people had things on Saturdays and Sundays. So he was open. And so this is what it's amazing what these guys did. That came from the other side, the work ethic and the what they had to do to. And you know what? It was some. It was a. And I don't want me to be a get on a soapbox, but life okay. was simpler. They they were worried about how we're going to eat. We're worried about I want this car, I want this house. I want, no, it's very basic. We need to work so that we can live. Period. And that's what it was. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm printing nonstop through the holidays. Right? You got cards, gift tags, lists, cookie receipts, mostly cookie receipts. Plus, you got travel docs as well. You know, you got to get those reimbursements. And nothing will ruin the fun like good old-fashioned cartridge conniption. That's when your printer's pricey ink cartridges run out of ink at the worst possible time. And you can't help but lose it a little. Or a lot. It's frustrating. But, All Ball Community, you know what we do around here. We bring you tech solutions. And the Epson EcoTank cartridge-free printer is a great solution. Epson EcoTank uses big ink tanks and comes with a ridiculous amount of ink. Go ahead. Add some people to your holiday card list. No more running out of magenta when you're trying to make the season merry. No more having to apologize to your house guests after having a total cartridge conniption. With Epson EcoTank, kiss expensive cartridges goodbye. You can just fill and chill. Who doesn't want some more chill around the holidays? Epson EcoTank. Learn more at Epson.com slash AllBallWithDoug. Beverage Sportsbook wants to invite you to discover the complete sports betting experience. The foundation of that experience is a massive number of betting options on nearly every regulated sporting event around the world. Add on top of that live streaming of sports every day. There's almost always a live match to watch on Beverage Sportsbook right in your phone. Bet Rivers features top tier customer service, ready to answer your questions anytime, day or night. Plus, 
They have this unique rush pay system, and BetRivers Sportsbook can authorize most withdrawal requests instantly. Customer satisfaction is always their number one priority, and BetRivers will match your first deposit up to $250. Now, unlike some other sportsbooks, BetRivers only requires a one-time pay-through to turn bonuses into cash, so you're going to experience the difference. Just go to BetRivers.com. You'll see it for yourself. You must be 21. You must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. You got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Remember, BetRivers Sportsbook. It's the place. Just go to BetRivers, B-E-T-R-I-V-E-R-S.com. This episode is brought to you by Royal Caribbean, an award-winning global cruise line. A vacation is what you make it. So are you ready to make the most of it? A Royal Caribbean adventure is the perfect opportunity to not just take a vacation, but to take it for all it's worth. We know you're eager to get back out there. And with Royal Caribbean, you can make the most of the moment and rise to the vacation. This is not just a cruise. This is the biggest, boldest vacation on land or at sea. This is pushing the limits of what could be done at sea and on land, breaking records and earning honors along the way. With over 270 plus destinations from the Caribbean, Alaska to Europe, and the biggest ships in the world to take you there, each one of our cruises is packed full of onboard features you won't find anywhere else, like the tallest slide at sea and the tallest water slide in all North America, plus dining that takes your taste buds on a world tour, jaw-dropping entertainment, an award-winning service delivered by a crew that comes to us from over 140 countries. So just don't take a vacation. Rise to the vacation. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Visit royalcaribbean.com to learn more. You know, my, 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 uh, my grandpa, he, no one had been to college and he couldn't afford college, also CCNY. And so what he did was he and a buddy, uh, I don't know if they rented a truck or leased a truck or bought, they bought a truck, like one of those uh, box, box trucks, right? And they would go to the docks and they would buy fish. Okay. At, you know, whatever, t- you know, ungodly time in the morning when the, when the, when the fish would come in and then they set up accounts at different restaurants and then they would sell the fish to the restaurants. So that's, so he would take night school and then wouldn't go to sleep, would simply go and get this box truck, get the fish and then do the fish and then sleep in the afternoon. And that's how he paid his way through, through CCNY and became an accountant. And then he became a car dealer because as an accountant, he'd look at people's and like, you know, they, they couldn't pay him. So he'd take on pe- businesses that he thought could make, make sense. So it's, it's a similar thing. It's a, it's a, I just figure it out. Right. How, and how can I put things exactly. on the table? I wasn't. And, and he too, just like, just like your dad, like he thought my dad was crazy. Like he, he really, my, you know, my dad, <laughs> master's degree from Columbia. And when you want to coach basketball, like, yeah, that's what he wanted to do. Matter of fact, in 1981, he was the head coach at UW Milwaukee and they were going division three. They were division one to division three. So he walks and my grandpa, we lived with him for a year in, in Hewlett, New York. We lived with them. My grandpa wanted my dad to take over one of his car dealerships. So just the one on Long Island, like it is a layup, you know, just, that's a layup. I mean, a layup running a car dealership that's already been up and going for 25 years and really successful. And my dad's like, how about we buy the New Jersey Nets for $1 million? And my grandpa, again, this is in 81. This is before Bird Magic took, make, take, took the lead off. Lead off. My, my grandpa, the accountant, looked at the books and said, this is a disaster. 
no one should ever, you know, buy an NBA team. Like it, it <laughs> makes no sense financially, right? <laughs> but the point is, it's the same sort of work ethic where that we 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 don't have the perspective of what it was like. We just no. don't. Okay, so you're 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 teaching at a Greek school. You're coach, coaching at York. Okay, that season ends. Um, this is two years now that you haven't been playing and you've been coaching, right? Yes. Oh, then what? Then I become, I find out, now I live in Washington Heights, which is right across the bridge from Fort Lee, New Jersey. And I had a couple of friends who used phony addresses to go to Fort Lee High School instead of the local high school in Washington Heights, which wasn't very good. So I, we had some connections there. They needed a JV coach. I take the job at Fort Lee High School as the JV coach. And that's what I did that. So that was my first paying job. So you are now are you now are you teaching at Fort Lee High School or are you still teaching no. at the Greek school and driving? Teaching at the Greek school in the Bronx, near Co-op City, driving to uh Fort Lee High School every day to coach what the JV. Cars, what kind of car is this? I had a, a Honda Civic. You had to have a small car because in Washington Heights, you can't what park. What year is this? Yeah, I had a Honda Civic. Nope, it was a nope, small. What, 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 what year? What year is this? Oh, this is now uh, 1979, It's amazing because when we moved to California in 81, my dad became Tex Winter's assistant at uh, Long Beach State. And the car that he gave him for recruiting was a 1976 brown Honda Civic hatchback. <laughs> And mine was like a brownish gold. <laughs> and you know what? Here's the thing, Doug. If you're going to live it, now you got to understand. Here's the other thing. We were immigrant kids. I lived home till I was 28. You know, now my kids have been out since they're 18. But I didn't go away to college. Right? We lived home till we got married. You know what I mean? That's kind of how it was. <laughs> um, but you had your own bedroom, right? Like you weren't with Stanley. Oh, I no, I shared it with my brother until I was 28, who's five years younger than me. Yes, we, never, we only had a two-bedroom apartment. <laughs> so, okay. So this is why you dive in, because these things I had no idea. Um, okay, so so you're at Fort Lee as the JV coach. Who's the varsity coach? A guy named Chris Honorado. What was he like? Good guy. Good guy. You know, he was a little bit older than me. Not I mean, I was 24. Now I'm 24 years old, uh, 25. And so he was, you know, a good guy. He treated me good. You know, it was. But I, did, you I help him, him. did you help him with the varsity or you only. Yeah, it was kind of like the varsity. It, it was really like he had an assistant. You were the JV coach. You were the JV coach and you were one of the varsity. But he had a real assistant. You know what I mean? Who was with him all the time. I wasn't because I was practicing with them. But yeah, I helped him out somewhat. Yeah, I helped him out some. Yeah. So now this is your own team, though. What, First what time, you, and I'm getting paid. I got paid you, 800 bucks. What are you running? What are you doing? I'm running the stuff that I did in high school. That, you that doing my, the wheel? You're doing the doing wheel? Doing the wheel. Doing the wheel and winning. When we won games, we were like, you know, we won like, I think we were like 14 and eight, seven, something like that. And, you know, we're running the wheel and we're winning games, 48, 46, and, you know, playing smart, not turning it over, just running the wheel, playing solid. And, you know, that's that's kind of what we did. But uh, uh, an aside is, I don't know if you remember, well, you do remember, I'm sure, that Bridgegate thing 
with mm-hmm. uh, Chris Christie. Yeah. And the mayor of Fortley. Well, the mayor of Fortley yeah. was on my JV at Mark's Isle. He was he played for me <laughs> on that JV team anyway. That's amazing. Okay, so you get done with that year. Then what? Then I get a call from I said I had three college coaches from Jack Kaminer. Jack Kaminer had left CCNY and took over as the head coach at Harry S. Truman High School in the Bronx. And he had left there and left his assistant the job. His assistant, now I don't want it's complicated, tears his ACL like three days before practice is supposed to start. He's taking a leave of absence. They need somebody to coach Truman High School for the year. So I said, what the heck? I'm a JV coach. I'll go, you know, I don't know what I'll do next year, but I'll coach the varsity this year there. And that, I wouldn't do it. So that call really changed my life. That one call about this guy tearing his ACL, Paul Celentano, I'll never forget his name, tears his ACL. I come in, I'm coaching Truman High School for the year, which was, we had a really good team in, you know, the New York City Class A in the Bronx. And uh, I loved it. It was great. So, so, now, so now your commute's much shorter, right? Because you're going. I'm, go- I'm literally a mile away from Truman High School. So, so now you're now, now it's close. And now you're coaching at the, a, a higher level that you want to. You still run the wheel? Still running the wheel. Ran the wheel throughout my high school career. Okay. You know, let me say one thing, Doug. It's and I. I will probably get to this at some point. It's amazing how much I didn't know about basketball when I was a high school coach. It's amazing. Like you were so much. I I didn't know you. I did know you kind of from afar when you were a kid, but you were so much more well-versed in offenses. I knew nothing. And then we'll get to when I learned something. I knew nothing. I just did with my high school coach. Or one of my college coaches, I had no assistant. I didn't X and O. I didn't experiment. This is what I did, period. Poof, done. Ran you know, the wheel. It, well, it's it's interesting because that's what, you know, I mean, it's very normally like you run, you run what you know, right? Coach what you know. But I used to, we used to go to high school games. My dad, my dad wasn't as into X and O's. You know, he was, he's, that he was just, you know, he would do the, the Ralph Miller 1-4 that he loved because he coached a year with Ralph. And he just wanted guys to play hard and get a high ball screen, share the ball, whatever. Whereas I've always watched basketball and uh, I had a high school coach that I had two high school coaches, but one in which we actually learned almost all the basic offenses. So we knew how to defend them. Like one day we would practice, we'd run flex because so many teams ran flex, Mm -hmm. you know, and we never actually ran flex, but we just run it for that day. So, you know, the offense. And then if you know it well enough, you know, the intricacies of it. Anyway, my dad and I, we used to watch high school games and I play like a game where I try and figure out how long it would take for me to figure out what they're running. Right. Cause everybody ran a pattern because we've gone away from kind of motion or are they running motion or whatever? So right. that, that's where that, and then I played for so many different people. You know, when you start to play professionally, you play for so many different people and there's so many different ways of doing the same thing. That if you're paying attention, I remember my last year playing in France, I played for a young African coach and he was, we were talking strategy or something. And I was just like, listen, man, just tell me what you want and I'll do it. Like, <laughs> you don't have to like, just tell me basically like, what do you want to do? And I'll do, I've seen it all. I feel like I've done it all. Do you want me to look to shoot and score? Do you want me to run your offense? What do you want me to get the ball to? Tell me what you like to run and we'll run it. And that's it. You don't have to worry about nothing. You worry about everything else and I'll just do it. And that was 
but it took me a long time to get that confidence to say that to somebody. Whereas mm-hmm. a lot of times when I was in college, it was, I still had the fear of God from those, those coaches. Okay. So how did it go at Truman high school? Well, the first year we lose in the championship, the Bronx championship. So we get, that's like the equivalent of, I guess, uh, you know, maybe the quarterfinals of the city championship. And we lost to Stevenson high school, uh, Fred Brown. I don't know if you remember Fred Brown, of, fa- of Georgetown fame, who threw the pass to, to Sam to uh, uh, James Worthy yeah. at the yeah. end of the Georgetown game. Yeah. He played at Stevenson High School, and we lost to them in the Bronx Championship game my first year. And I loved it. I mean, it was great. Coaching at that level. And I my best player was a kid named Benji Bowman, who went to Florida Southern and played for Hal Whistle. They won the national Division II National Championship with him as the point guard like two years later. So, you know, it was a a very good high school team, no doubt. Then then we had a couple of years that weren't great. Wait, wait, so you stayed there. So the guy didn't come back. The guy never came back. The guy, let me, I'm sorry, I didn't explain this. The guy ended up applying for full disability because he got hurt on the job. So he couldn't come back and just coach because he was getting disability. So they give me the job. You get disability for an ACL? Yeah, for an AC, imagine that for an ACL because he got hurt on the job. He got disability for that. That's a good point. Yes, he did. <laughs> so now I get the job. And next year we make the playoffs. The year after we don't make the playoffs anyway. So I'm skipping ahead. So in my fourth year, you know, we're going to be pretty good, pretty good. And, you know, one of the kids comes up to me and says, Coach, you know, I just want to tell you, there's a kid. He's going to be he's coming into the school. He's transferring from Rice High School. And he's he's pretty good. I said, well, that's great. You know, when's he come out oh, tomorrow? He's going to start his first day of school at Truman High School, whatever. OK. Come come to the gym. He comes to the gym. I swear to God, he goes up and down twice. And I turned to my assistant coach, who was a friend of mine, volunteered. I said, yo, I, I think that's what a pro looks like when he's 15 years old. It was Rod Strickland. And I'm like this dude. First of all, he was like five, nine, like one hundred and thirty pounds. But I had never seen anybody bounce that ball like this guy. Bounce. It was different. It was, it was, yeah, you, I've, I've seen great ball handlers in my time. No, no. This was something completely different, the way this kid bounced the ball. He went wherever he went. We would do a drill, Doug, you know, in the half-court circle. This guy, I would have two guys in that, you had to stay in the circle at mm. half-court. Two guys could take it from him. Could they give him two guys with, that are just there trying to take the ball from him? He could dribble the ball half an inch off the ground. He could dribble it two feet off the ground. I never saw anything like it. Both, forget about both hands. You know, I always tell people, they say, here's what I'll tell you about Ross Triple. Same thing with any sport. At one point, he was giving a ball for the first time in his life, whether it was two, three, four, five, I don't know how old he was. And the first time he bounced it, he could bounce that thing. <laughs> he just could bounce it. And this kid was unbelievable. So we had, you know, we, we make the playoffs that year. We lose in the first round. Then the next year's, which ends up being my last year at Truman High School, we go 28 and two, 27 and three. We win the New York City Championship and the New York State Championship. And I'm going to throw something else in there because Rod, Rod was a junior that year. And he was our only Division One player. He was obviously a pro. And we were talking about my parents. My father came to that city championship game. He had to be the proudest guy in the history of the world. He would come. It was at St. John's University. 
sold out. And he was there and he was on the court with us after the he, he So here's a guy who went from not knowing this. And when I was coaching at Villanova in those places, he'd have articles in his pocket that he'd show his friends. You know what I mean? So he, he had come full circle about seeing what this was. But started really, you know, that night at St. John's, he saw, wow, this is this this is something that this guy's doing, you know. And so that we won the city and state championship my last year at Truman High School. Why'd you leave? Went to Villanova as the uh, restricted earnings coach, as they called him. The guy who, you know, could only make a certain amount of money. So how did that conversation take place? Well, you know, the funny thing was I had worked Coach Massimino's camp. A couple, I knew well all this time that I'm at Truman High School, I'm working five-star because I know you got to make connections. Doug, I am sending uh, resumes all over the country to be a graduate assistant anywhere. I'll go to Lehigh. I'll go to I'll go to California. I'll go in. Nobody even yet. I never even got answers. So I was good. I I knew what I needed to do to get into college. I wanted to get into college, and I knew what I needed to do. I needed to either be a graduate assistant, get to know some people, or something. So I started working camps in the summertime. So I worked Coach Massimino's camp. I got to know him. But the big thing was, now all of a sudden, all these people are coming at the end of that year. They want to talk to me about Rod Strickland. Joey, every coach now, this kid went, and you know, I never saw, I haven't seen this, Doug, a kid that was on nobody's radar, none, to being like the guy everybody wanted. I never saw that in like six months. Nobody heard of him, and then all of a sudden, he's the guy everybody wants. Anyway, so I got to meet all these guys, and Coach Massimino came in to talk to me about Rod, and we had a great, I had interviewed for the assistant coaching job at Columbia that I wanted so desperately, I'll never forget. I inter- And I was telling him, you know, Coach, I just interviewed like two days ago at Columbia for an assistance job. And he said, oh, okay, that's great. So he didn't think nothing of it. Like two weeks later, Paul Cormier, who was on his staff, gets the head coaching job at Dartmouth. And Mitch Bonagiro, who was his top assistant, calls me and says, hey, you know, we have a job open. Are you interested? He said, now it only pays $6,000. Listen, I don't care if I got to pay you. Yeah, I'm interested. Are you kidding me? So, okay. So Coach Mass, I meet Coach Mass at the Princetonian Diner. We have a, uh, that's where he interviewed me. We have a great talk. I think it went great. Go home. I had just been, we had just been married, you know, two years. And uh, so I go home, I tell Harriet, my wife, I said, Harriet, I'm telling you, this might be it. I can't believe this. I'm trying to get all these jobs at these low-level places. Now, I, this in, in Villanova then, the, not what is – he had been to three Elite Eights. So it's not like they had a great history and tradition. Jack Cramp went to the finals against UCLA in 1971. I mean, Villanova was big – more North Carolina, but it was big time. So he says, I want you to come down with your wife Sunday, and well, I want to meet her. So I'm like, I'm gonna be, I gotta be getting this job. Why does he want to be my wife? We're down there eight hours the whole day. We have a great time, whole thing. I'm very ready to leave. He says, All right, I'm gonna call you this week. We leave, we are on cloud nine. Now you also gotta understand, we were two kids from New York City that had never left New York in our lives ever. <laughs> and so now I'm waiting. First week, he don't call. Second week, he don't call. Third week, you know, I'm like, Flipping out, I'm like, I can't believe this. I said, I thought I'm getting this job. Somebody else got to be involved in this job. Why, why is it wait, taking so long? 
I get up the nerve to call him. And, you know, when you were talking to him, he was like, I, I do one of these, like, coach, I didn't mean to bother you, but I just was curious. Any chance you have an idea? I'm trying to like do it, soft shoe it. He says, I'll know next week. Fine. Next week comes nothing. Week after, I buy, I buy an answering machine. In those days, like answering machines were like high tech. I buy an answering machine to make sure I don't miss his call. Finally, he calls. I got bad news for you. I'm giving the job to somebody else. I was crushed. Crushed. I've never been. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Job searching can be a lonely process. Endless searching, phone calls that go nowhere, applications that vanish. It's time for a better way to find a job. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to expresspros.com to find the office near you. Each year, tens of thousands of job seekers find work with help of Express Employment Professionals, and Express helps people find all kinds of jobs, from manual manufacturing to logistics to customer service to accounting and more getting an interview with express can be as easy as a phone call and with just one application with express employment professionals you're in the running for numerous opportunities in your community make your job search easier by letting the professionals at express be your talent agent to find you the right spot on a great team express employment professionals is your one connection for getting a job visit expresspros.com today You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that'll elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporting handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Vredestein tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Vredestein test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER 
The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day savings event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options see homedepot.com slash delivery for details the home depot how doers get more done i don't know i've been crushed since then there's no question never that was as big a crushing as i've ever taken in my life he offered the job to jerry wainwright so i'm crushed i don't even want to go out for like days Harry tells me, listen, forget this baloney. Go back, start working camps again. You'll get another chance somewhere. The Columbia job didn't work out. Quit your high school job. No, I hadn't quit my high school job. Oh, no, I still had my high school job. But it was like, I was so close. Yeah. To, to the big time yet. Two weeks later, I'm working at Manhattan, Manhattan College's camp, ironically enough. And my wife calls me on the payphone because there were no cell phones then. Calls me on the payphone and says, you know, I got a message. I think it's Coach Massimino. All right. I said, play it for me. And he says, you goddamn Greek. You still interested? Call me. I'm like, it's like, honestly, Doug, it's like you got a reprieve. Like you were so crushed. And now it's like, I call him back. He says, you want to start, still want the job? I said, yes. He said, it's yours. Jerry Wainwright turned it down. And now... That's how I ended up getting there. Long story. So, no, it's amazing. So, so you just pack up all your stuff. Okay. And you move to close to campus. Right? It's, a, it's a beautiful area where, where no, no we couldn't, we couldn't live that close to campus. How about this? The restricted earnings coach before me who got elevated now to a nice, good paying job for those days. Certainly. You know what I mean? Gave me his, he had this car they used to call the bomb. The players still tease me about it. It was a 1968 Impala. Okay. So um, you show up at Villanova. What was that like? What's it like? It's Raleigh Massimino. What was it? What was it like? Let me tell you something. I am. <laughs> okay. First of all, he used to tease me all the time. We went out to dinner the, the first night I was on the job with the staff. He always believed in dinners with the wives and everybody. And I'll never get sitting next to me. And he goes, I just want you to know, he points his finger like right in my face. You just went from being Mickey Mouse to Mickey Mantle. <laughs> and I said, hey, I hear you. I know that. And he used to, he used to tease me. He used to call you a high school Harry. He would tease me because I, I knew, Doug, these guys would sit in the office and X and O. And I swear to God, by the time I figured out where the first pass went, they erased it and diagramming something else. I was lost completely that's what i'm trying to tell you about you your knowledge i had no knowledge they were x and o and, and i didn't even know what they were talking about and i said well i got a lot i got me a lot of work to do here i can tell you that so i realized very quickly what i didn't know 
And if you don't know what you don't know, you ain't ever going to learn it. And so I was, I got the sneakers. I used to drive two hours to pick up Coach Massimino's cheese. Uh, you know wait, what wait, I mean? Wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> His cheese? He had a certain, you know, he was a pasta freak. And he had to have this certain cheese on his pasta. What so every so every so often I had to drive to like, you know, Allentown, Pennsylvania, down that way, and to get him this cheese from this particular Italian stuff store. This what, what kind of cheese? It was a, a Pecorino Romano. Now you no, no, no. Um that's 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 what we get. I forget the name of it. I forget the name of it. But yeah. So he had to have this specific cheese. So every so often I'd have to make the right to pick up the cheese. Um get the sneakers. I did the academics. I did the academics. And uh, but I really, Doug, knew nothing. We would do scouting reports. And he he always wanted to make sure you weren't allowed to have notes when you were an assistant coach. Like, you better know that whole thing by heart. And you better have every, and one thing about him, he was a film freak. So if there was something in that report, if something wasn't in that report, that dude would find it. (laughs) because <laughs> he was watching tape after tape after tape. He would find it. And if it wasn't in there, you're a dead man. Hey, All Ball community, uh, listen up. Two of three men experience some form of hair loss by the time you're 35. And it's one of those deals where you're like, what do I do? How do I avoid this thing? Is it smart? Don't be a statistic. If you're a little bald or a lot bald, fix it in a simple, stress-free way. Try Keeps. K-E-E-P-S. What you do is a virtual doctor consult at keeps.com. And then the medications are delivered straight to your door. It's low cost with treatment starting at just 10 bucks a month for FDA approved medications and they can prevent hair loss. Keeps is more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. And don't walk around with pattern baldness. We all know it's not cool. It just doesn't feel right. Prevention is in fact the key. So if you're ready to stop messing around, right? You got a new year, a new energy towards fixing the little things like hair loss, you want to prevent hair loss, go to K-E-E-P-S dot com slash all ball. You get your first month of treatment free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com. Keeps dot com slash all ball. Imagine fighting climate change every time you buy groceries or pizza. Now you can. With the Aspiration Zero credit card, you can reduce your carbon footprint by making the same purchases you always make. Aspiration Zero plants one tree every time you make a purchase or plant two trees when you choose to round all your purchases up to the nearest dollar. Track your progress in the app and earn 1% cash back each month you reach Carbon Zero. For a limited time, earn a $300 bonus when you open an account at Aspiration.com and spend $3,000 in the first 90 days. Join the community that helps you fight climate change with every purchase. Aspiration Zero. One card, zero carbon footprint. The Aspiration Zero MasterCard is issued by Beneficial State Bank pursuant to license by MasterCard International Incorporated. Beneficial State Bank member FDIC 2021. Terms and conditions apply. Visit aspiration.com slash zero for more information. When was the last time you seriously considered your dream? Did something never thought you would do? How about live the van life in a totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van? You could tour the country, whatever you want to dream up. And we're talking about Mercedes-Benz van here. Expect innovative safety features like crosswind assist and blind spot assist. Expect performance and reliability with that MBUX voice command system. You're going to get five-star dealer network available with a gas engine. Now you could win your very own Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Mode 4x4. 
you enter the Dan Patrick Show Ultimate Camping Rig Sweepstakes. You go to danpatrick.com or foxsportsradio.com, and there you enter, get official rules for a chance to win this beautiful Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van. danpatrick.com or foxsportsradio.com, and you have to do so by February 2nd. Your dream is waiting for you. danpatrick.com, foxsportsradio.com. Some equipment described is optional. Okay, so 1984 and 1985, your first year, okay, at Villanova. Um, you had, what, Ed Pickney, yep. Dwayne McLean. You had Harold Pressey, Gary McLean. Right? Yep. This, is, this is the team. This is but, the team. But this is your first year. <laughs> yeah. College basketball. Okay. I think all anybody knows is one game, right? Is one game. What was that year actually like? Well, you know, we, we underachieved that people expected. I mean, we were nine seed. So there you go. You know what I mean? So people, we, we, we underachieved for the year and coach mass was disgusted with these guys. He was really, how about this? We played Pittsburgh on national television on CBS last game of the regular season. We are getting drilled. We're down 20 at halftime. He comes in the locker room. He says, you guys got three minutes. You don't do something. You're out for the rest of the game. Sure enough, three minutes, out, everybody. National TV, he didn't care. Everybody's sitting on the bench. We get drilled. We go to New York. Now the Big East tournament. We play St. John's. We win the first game. Forget who we played. We play St. John's second game. Drilled. Chris Mullen and those guys, Walter Barry, killed us. We go to his house after the game. He said, thank God I got one more game with these guys because they're driving me nuts. I can't. I, they go on and win the championship. As he said, I got one more game because he felt like we're going to make it, but just barely. Because let's face it, if you're a nine seed, you just barely made it as an at-large team. There's only 64 teams then. And uh, we thought it was going to be short. And you know what, Doug? It's funny because people tell me, you need momentum coming into the tournament. Oh, no, no. You need momentum during the tournament. <laughs> okay, so your first game – was a two-point game with Dayton. You guys were at eight seed, by the way, not a nine. They were a nine. Uh, yes. what, do you, what do you remember about the game? I remember, first of all, Don Donaher was a great coach. And he's, he was kind of along the philosophy that I was telling you about with my wheel and the way my – this guy, there was no clock. You knew you were – and we're, by the way, we're playing them on their floor. We were playing Dayton at Dayton on their home court. So now we know we're in for a, a battle because these guys, you know, the way they play, they don't make mistakes. They're going to run the system all the way through. Tie game, 20 seconds to go. They got the ball. They're holding for the last shot. We make a steal and we make a layup with like five seconds to go win the game. Otherwise, that 85, home. They're holding for the last shot, Doug, on their home court. We make a steal, we make a layup, we win. Next game, now we're feeling like, yeah, you know, like you said, we, we were the eight, they were the nine, toss-up game, we won, thankfully. Now we're playing Roy Tarpley, Antoine Joubert, Michigan. They were the number one seed. And we play them in the second game, and we play unbelievable. Now you got to understand, Dwayne McClain was a pro. Pickney, pro. Grizzly, pro. We had a good team. We just didn't play great that year. We beat Michigan. Now we're starting to feel like, whoa, something's going on here. 
Next game, Len Bias. Wow. Maryland. He had tore. We played them during the regular season. He had had like 35. The only game of his career, I believe, where he was not in double figures was that NCAA tournament game. We were defensively, we were unbelievable. Yeah. Was that the last game? Was that the last game of his life? No. That was his first year. His next year, we played him again. So, no, that was his first what, year at Maryland. What, what was he like? If you, were, if you were to give the analysis, like the today analysis of who he was, what was he? He was the best player. Like the best player I had ever seen up. He was the best player that I had ever seen up to that point. You know, well, him and Patrick Ewing. Because Patrick Ewing was in the Big East in those days. He was, I always felt like in my lifetime, Patrick's, you know, right there. So he's like what, 6'8, 6'9? 6'8, 6'9. You know, in those days, when you saw a 6'8, 6'9 guy that could shoot, you never saw that. These guys, you're 6'8, 6'9, you're playing inside. In those days, no three point line or anything. This guy could step out, make 17 footers, he could put it on the floor. Yeah, you felt like this guy's going to be an all time great. No doubt about it. I mean, he put 35 on us a couple of times in regular season games. Okay, so you beat Maryland. Then who's next? Now, and you got to say, so here I am, who would have died to be the assistant coach at Columbia. And now we're playing North Carolina to go to the Final Four. So they got Kenny Smith. Yeah. They got, you know, I forget who the other, obviously they had guys, you know what I mean? North Carolina. So we're playing them to go to Final Four. And I'll never forget this, Doug. So we're sitting outside well, the locker room. By the way, you forgot that you beat Michigan. You played Dayton, then Dayton Michigan. And, Michigan yeah. and then Maryland. Okay. So you play Carolina. Carolina has Kenny Smith, Brad Doherty, Joe Wolf, Buzz Peterson, <laughs> Dave Popson, uh, Ranzino Smith, Curtis Hunter, and Warren Martin. Okay. Good, but not, not like an all-time team. You guys smacked no. them. We were down 10 at halftime or eight at half. We were down at halftime. But you're down uh, five at half. Okay. 22-17. 22-17, you outscore them 39-22 in the second half. <laughs> Did Steve Lapis come in as a restricted earnings guy and make the adjustments? <laughs> no. I tell you, it's a funny thing. Rolly Massimino made one of his most famous speeches at halftime. The guys were all uptight and they weren't. He said, you know what, you guys? All I want right now is a big pole of pasta with linguine and clam sauce. That's what I want right now. And he said that, I swear to God, said it at halftime and everybody started laughing, whatever. Now, is that why we went out and beat the heck out of him in the second half? I don't know. But that's what he said. Oh, Here's God. the thing. So before the game, Doug, we're sitting outside the locker room with the coaches. We're talking. And who's coming down the hallway towards us? Dean Smith. Now, for me, I'm like. This is ridiculous. I was coaching high school last year. Yeah. Dean Smith walks down. He says, hey, hi, Roly. Hi, Mitch. He knew the assistants. Hi, Mark. He didn't know me. I never met him. He says, hey, hi, coach. I'm like, Dean Smith called me coach. Oh, my God. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm beside him. We're playing North Carolina to go to Final Four. Last year, I was in the Bronx, and you know what I mean, playing the Lehman High School. And sure enough, we played great. Now we're going to the Final Four. In Lexington, Kentucky, of course, famously, there's three Big East teams. Yep. The other one, other than Georgetown, was St. John's that had Chris Mullen, that had Walter, Walter Berry, Mark Jackson. Like, that was an all-time, all-time team. All-time. So, you're getting ready for the finals, and you're going to play Georgetown. Now, you played them, what, three times previously? Two that year. Two what, times. Twice or three times every year while Patrick was there and Eddie Pickney was there. 
So we weren't, there was no off factor. They beat us by once by two and once by six that year. Close one possession games. Roley played those teams great every time and beat them the year before once at the buzzer. So our guys like pick the like Ewing, what you gotta say, I think, I think if somebody else, uh, Doug played Georgetown from somewhere else in the country, they were intimidating, but they weren't intimidating to us. We played them every year. Eddie Pickney as a sophomore at 22, 27 points and 22 rebounds against Patrick Ewing in a game. So he knew he could play against Patrick. Yeah, Patrick's better. There's no question. But, you know, we knew we could play. So I know they call it the greatest upset of all time, but I got to be honest with you. We thought we could win. We never were like, wow, this is going to be. No, we said if we do this, this, and this, we can win. Now, the fact is we shot 79% one by two. How'd you, keep him off the, how'd you keep him off the free throw line? What's that? How'd you keep him off the free throw line? Zone. Played them all zone. They they were not a good jump shooting team. No, he wasn't a good zone coach either. And you know what the funny thing was? Patrick, as great, you know, it's funny. Patrick, he made a crazy transformation because in college, he was a defensive force. He no, dominated games defensively. Yeah, but people forget that about Elijah one. Right. Like Elijah one's known for the dream shake. When he was in college, all he did was dunk and block shots. Right. That's what Patrick did. He became a much better offensive player, you know, in the NBA. He never made those dumb shots that he made in the NBA. When you were at Nova and I was at Notre Dame, we played them and we had never practiced zone as a team. A day of practice, the day before he played Georgetown, we put in a little two, three zone and we nearly beat him. It was the same. And it was it wasn't that he wasn't. Every coach has strengths and weaknesses. Don't feel like he was a great zone coach. You know, they, they were incredibly physical. They were tough-minded. They played Play hard. They played hard. Like, those guys <laughs> played hard, hard, right? And 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 they weren't talkers, right? I didn't feel like they were talking. They were nope. intimidating, but they weren't intimidating because they were talking trash to right. me, right? Like, but I didn't feel like there was anything special about what he did against the zone. They just, first guy that got it, shot it. So, you win this game. It's your first year coaching in college. Okay, and you beat, you guys beat Lefty, right? Yeah, you beat, uh, uh, you must beat Steve Fisher, but I mean, uh, not Fisher, uh, uh, Bill Frieder, right? You beat uh, Donaher at Dayton at Dayton, okay, and then you and you beat Dean Smith, and now you beat John Thompson and Pat Ewing, and you guys win a national title. Well, for you, what are your personal memories when that buzzer sounds, you look up and you got 66 and they got 64? Well, the funny thing is they have that famous clip where as soon as the game's over, I'm like the first guy to get to Coach Mass. So that will that will live an infamy, as they say, you know, but just it was surreal. Like it's like it did, you know, it feels like it didn't happen sometimes, but obviously it did. I remember walking to the press conference with Coach Mass afterwards, you know, he's going to meet the media, and I said, I was I'm busting his chops saying, what's so hard about this? <laughs> he punched me in the arm. <laughs> so so, this? <laughs> so uh, I will tell you a memory I have is I, there was a Sports Illustrated article, right? Where uh, I think it was Dwayne McClain, right? He admitted to yes. using using Coke like throughout the tournament. Gary McClain. Oh, Gary McClain. I'm sorry. Gary McClain. Not, not Dwayne. Gary McClain. Um, as, as a young coach, right? You're the young coach. You're supposed to be the eyes and ears and know what's going on. Like, did you know any of this stuff was going on? Boy, Doug, that's a, you know, that was like a dark time for us. You know, yeah. it was, a, first of all, I think to this day, 
It's the longest article ever written in Sports Illustrated. It was 26, really? page, 26 pages long. And we heard when it was coming out, Coach Maz was devastated. We were all devastated. Was Gary McClain doing cocaine? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of kids were doing a lot of things in those days. Was right. he high on cocaine every day? I don't think so. But now the other thing is, and Gary is, you know, I can tell you this, this is a fact. Sports Illustrated paid him $40,000 for the article. So, I don't know. Does that... Was, does that was also, and also, and, and again, this is very important. This is a very different time, okay? I never, I've never seen cocaine in my life, okay? But I, the following year, Len Bias, or two years later, right? Two yep. years later, Len Bias is the second pick of the draft. He's going to save the Boston Celtics. He died. He died, like what I believe is from like cocaine, Yeah. right? And that was like the wake up call to all athletes. Like that was the, in my childhood, don't do drugs was, was, uh, was because of that. Right. Don't have unprotected sex was because magic got HIV. Right. These yep. are the learning lessons, but you have to like, now if you hear guys use cocaine and cause it, what? But eighties, different, just different time was everywhere. Thug. Me, that's what they did. And so I, I know, you know and I, won't, I won't say a name. I know there was a prominent, co- very, very prominent coach at a very prominent school. We could talk about this off air, but um, that he, I, I believe he was let go because they caught him using cocaine in his office. Right. Like it was a it was that was the early to mid 80s. And I I frankly think that Len Bias, while he tragically passed away, probably saved a lot of dudes lives. And because it was it be, all of a sudden it became much more taboo. And it wasn't previously. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. So, you know, that that was a that came a couple of years later after the championship when that article came out. And that was that was Coach Mass felt really betrayed, really betrayed. And it kind of took for the time being, it took a little bit of the because we were kind of a feel good story. Villain you still are. Still you know, are. And, and, I, and I hate I hate bringing it up. No, no. But but it's it is part of that. It was a, it was a huge thing at the time. Huge. Yes. Huge. Um. You get done with that season. When did you get bumped up to full-time? So now well, Mitch Bonagiro leaves and goes, becomes the head coach of Fairfield. And so Roley puts me on the road for like, until he figures out what he wants to do. And I'm devastated. He decides not to give me the job. He decides not to move me up. He brings in John Olive. I don't remember. You remember John Olive? He of course. Yeah. So uh, he brings in John Olive. Now, John Olive was his first recruit. Did I understand? I understood. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I was devastated. I was I was upset. I said, but the truth is, I showed up on campus in August. It's April. He basically knows me for four months. And now he's going to hire his first recruit. So he hires John Olive and I'm in the same job. But I swore that I may be number three, but I won't be number three. I'll be number two. I'm going to come in there and I'm going to be able to do all the scout. My X and O's had become final. I worked at it, got good. I was able to do things. So he was able to lean on me. I knew that. And so that's kind of what, so what, I was, what was he like? So, so before that you were the wheel offensively, what was, what was Raleigh like? Well, first of all, I got to say this, a defensive, uh, um, like a mad scientist, like he loved sitting in that office for eight hours, Doug. 10 hours and just figure out ways to screw. He, he would get a kick out of, Hey, they had no idea what we're doing. That was his, like that, that gave him the biggest thrill. 
So like, when like he, diamond in one, triangle in two, no, different some, rotations in a man. No, yeah. Start zone, get them to run their their, their zone offense, go man to man, show man, get them start doing it, making it look like we're zone. I mean, the ball gets passed to the right wing, we're going to do this. The ball gets passed to the left wing, we're going to do that. And you gotta have, you gotta have smart kids. You gotta have smart, smart kids. They understood the system and they were smart kids. Yeah, you can't. You, you can't. What, you just what's that? You can't do that. You can't do that with dumb kids. You gotta do it with smart kids. You gotta do it with smart kids. And these guys, I'll tell you what, when you left there as a player, yeah, it's like you. You knew basketball. Like those guys, when they were 21 years old, and I was 21 years old, woo, they had a PhD in basketball. I had nothing. So they were tremendous. And that's what he did. Offensively, Coach Bass wasn't a great offensive coach. You know why? Because, you know, I always said this, Doug. You can be impetuous and reactionary defensively, but if you're impetuous and reactionary offensively, it's not good. He didn't have patience. If this play didn't work now, we're going to get a new one. Whereas defensively, a lot of times you – know, Sometimes we were screwed up doing what we were doing, but the other team was screwed up doing what we were doing. They had no idea. So and that's so what he loved. So he's very, he's very obviously animated and passionate. Okay. Before, when you're in high school and you're coaching at Truman, were you the same or did you kind of take on some of his mannerisms? Hey, when I was coaching in the Greek league, I led the thing in technical fouls. I was bad. <laughs> and Doug, you got to understand, there's nobody in the gym, and I'm screaming like a madman in these Greek league games. I was crazy. No, okay. Man, okay. Coach Mass had nothing to do with me being who I was. I okay. was nuts. So uh, who, was the, who was the other assistant you had? Uh, Marty Marbach, who became the head coach of Canisius. He left. I, you know, I was in the restricted. I was only an assistant for four years. I only recruited for one year. I was restricted earnings for three years. And then Marty left my fourth year. And now it was me, John Olive, and Jay Wright came in. What was Jay like? Jay was, you know, the swab. What would you But even, even then, like, he came oh, back. He's yes. from Bucknell. Now, Bucknell is a very, very proper school. And now, I don't know what Bucknell was like then, but Bucknell, cool little town, very cool school, kind of feels – not Ivy League, but feels a little a little upper upper crust. Okay. So like when he walked in the door as a restricted earnings guy or the third assistant, then was he already put together or was it a was there a transformation? Oh no, he was always put together. I hired him to work our camp. He was an assistant at the time at Rochester, Division Three school. And I hired him to work our camp because he was from the area. And I'm the one, and I'm the one that told Roly, you gotta hire this guy. You got to hire this guy. So he was, oh, you know, the personable, suave. What you see? Imagine when he was like 26. You know what I mean? So that's what he was, 27. That's the same way. Looked better probably because he's younger. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So uh, how'd you get the Manhattan job? So now we win the, we, I'm there four years. Manhattan job opens up. Now, the Manhattan job, you got to understand, Doug, was what was last in Division One, Worst job in the country. They had won 70 games the 10 years before I got there. They had four coaches, the whole bit. It was, Roley said, you're crazy. That is the worst job. You can't go there. You got a much, you'll get a better job than that. It's not so even I, on the island of Manhattan. Yeah, it's in the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> and so he gave me a list. He said, here's 10 things. If they got to do every one of those things, you ain't taking the job. So I meet with the athletic director in Philadelphia. I tell him, here's the list of things that I think you need to do if you want to be any good. 
He comes back. He says, we'll do them all. And one of them was like, put, we had, they had a tartan floor in those days. Yeah, yeah. Put a wood cord in. It was going to cost them like 60, 70 grand. I mean, that was a lot of money back in 1988. They did every one of them. So I said, you know what? And I grew up five minutes from there. I said, you know, coach, I'm going to take it. He thought I was nuts. And, you know, gradually we built it up. My last year. Hold on. You take the job at Manhattan College. Right. What'd your dad say? He was he was retired then. He was so happy. He came to the press conference. He was retired. So he would get on the bus every day and come watch practice. He had nothing else to do because he was retired. So he'd come up and he was able to take the bus there and he'd come to practice every day. And he would joke with me because one of my things I always said was, hurry up, hurry up. And he'd always say, hurry up, hurry up. He always imitate me. So, yeah, he, he loved it. He came to all the games, came to practice, loved it. And that's, that's didn't, really know, didn't, didn't know anything really, but loved watching. There's no, in, in, in Hebrew or in Israel, they say yalla. Now, yalla is actually Arabic for like, let's go, right? But they say like, yalla. In, in Russian, you say, divide, 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 divide. There's no Greek for let's go? Yeah, bame, bame. That means let's well, how go. Come, how come you, you never, you always went with the English? No, with my players? Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. And some expletives in, stuck in there in between <laughs> too. Okay. I so was now, a cursor. So now it's been four years since you've been a head coach, okay? But you learned from the master. You've been to the peak, right? And you've watched all these Big East coaches, you know, sitting on that bench, like the best of the best of the best. How were you different? Uh, how had you evolved from Truman High School to Manhattan College? Well, I, I was I was way different. Now I, I learned so much more about the game and X's nose and scouting. What we did scouting wise at Villanova. And the funny thing, Doug, was I did a lot of things that Coach Massimino did defensively. But offensively, I became the opposite. He wanted he wanted to call every single play. I went to motion, and I had yeah. never been exposed to motion. I was I used to I was watching Bobby Knight's tapes and all these different Dean Smith's tapes to figure out how I wanted to play on offense because I was like, if we can stop these plays because of great scouting, then why am I going to run set plays? I'm going to run something that can't be scouted, and that's why motion. If you have great motion, I thought we had pretty good motion at, at Villanova and Manhattan. If you run good motion. You can't scout it. Correct. Scout it. Why don't why don't people run motion now? You know, it's I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. When I, I mean, people are running more sets and things like that. I don't know why people aren't running motion like they used to. There was a there was a time. Can I, can I, can I offer up a can I offer up a hypothesis? Okay. Now, just so you know, like Fran McCaffrey, who's Philly guy. Yep. We both know very well he and and I know they, they lost the other night or whatever, but he's one of the few that run motion. I've had other coaches tell me like, that's one reason they're so hard to prepare for is they're doing something that like, what do we do here? Coach like, bro, you just got to play basketball. I would say there's, there's three things that come to my mind. One is the transferring. Okay. Because you, you gotta, and, and it actually, let's start at the start. The first thing is how they're taught at a young age, right? Every kid now has a trainer. And every trainer is teaching them how to play, how to play against a cone, one on cone, right? <laughs> how to play against ball strength, how to score man to man, how to how to play downhill. You know, we don't teach kids how to read a screen and how to move and set our feet, right? We don't. So how they're taught at a young age, and then you transition them to college, and you don't have them for as long a period of time. If you have a kid for a couple of years, you know, I remember when I got to Notre Dame, like 
I kind of, I knew I'd run some motion in high school, but I just remember the first two weeks, three weeks of practice. Like I couldn't, I couldn't stop the other guy and I couldn't get a shot because I didn't know how to play, really kind of play basketball with an emotion. But once you get it, you're like, this is the best because there's no set pattern, right? You can just read a screen and read your man and you're like working together. But I don't think teams by and large are cohesive enough because they're gone. They transfer or they go pro, whatever. And coaches feel that and know that it's even though it's better to run motion, they don't feel stable enough to, to implement it and to have guys struggle. Whereas if you put them in a ball screen, they all know how to play a ball screen. And their, their, their personal skill comes out. You know what? I never thought of that. Doug. I never thought because the truth is about motion. Motion is kind of like you have to be committed to it. And yeah. as a program, you got to get you get better at it every year. And guys get better at it. I used to tell my assistant, I said, you know when we, you know when we're, we're going to be where I want to be? When our guys play pickup and they run in motion, real motion. Teach guys how to play. Did Bobby Knight said, I took it from him. Teach guys how to play. Don't teach them plays. Yeah. And that's kind of where we were. Okay. So uh, your, your career at Manhattan college is like, that's how you're supposed to do it. Right. You come in your first year, you win seven games. Your last year, you win 25. Right. And those are all the guys that you initially recruited. Right. How many of those guys from your first recruiting class were there for the fourth year for when you, when you got, when you won 25? Everyone. And not only that, when I left to go to Villanova after that year, they were all seniors the following year. Fran Fraschilla took them to the NCAA tournament. We lost at the buzzer to LaSalle in the MAC championship game that year, We that my last year there. And the year we won 25, we went through, and then we lost to Notre Dame in the quarterfinals of the NIT. And then all those guys were back. They were all juniors then. You lost in the quarterfinal. You could have gotten to play in the garden. Yes. Oh, yeah. They had LaFonso. Yeah. Elmer Bennett. Yeah. Uh, and one more big time player. I forget his name. Damn it. Uh, there were three. It was a big threesome. They called it Damien Sweet. It was Damien Sweet. Damien Sweet. He was the third guy. Yes. He was and uh, baseline Billy, Billy Taylor, who's very good coach. And he's at, he's at Iowa now. Um, Carl Cozen. Wow. I got, I got a great story. I guess uh, Lamar Justice. Ooh. Oh, okay. Keith Tower. This is a true story. Okay. Keith Tower. He's from Moon, Pennsylvania. We recruited him. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Keith Tower, my first year at uh, my first year at Notre Dame, Keith Tower's in the NBA, right? He comes back to, to play with us. And we used to play in the pit. The pit is now, there's now a basketball practice facility in the basement of, of, of the arena. That used to be called the pit. That's where we warm up. That's where we have practice some days. It was like our auxiliary gym. So here I am punk kid, Southern California, highly touted recruit. And we start playing pickup ball and I'm not in the first game. And now I'm not in the second game. And so I get in like the third game. And I played a little bit and I'm off. But I don't win them off. And this happens a couple of different days. And so finally I go to Fran and I was like, Fran, like, fuck did I come here for? Like you told me I'm going to start right away and I'm not even in pickup games. <laughs> He's like, we don't control pickup games. You want to get in the game, get in the game. So, so Keith is doing this whole seniority thing, right? Like if Fonz comes and plays, he's going to play. If Keith, if any of these guys come play and the freshmen, you guys just get in when we tell you to get in, we got like five, right? Uh, me, Anthony Weish, Gary Bell, uh, Phil Hickey, right? We're all this like oh, yeah. recruiting class and we can't get in pickup teams. So finally they're playing one day and I just stand on the court and the game ends and I'm just standing on the court. 
And Keith's like, what the fuck you doing? And I said, I'm playing next game. I call it game. I have game. No, you're not. You're not, not, you don't have credit hours. It's like, all right, you guys play. I'm not moving. So <laughs> they start playing pickup and I'm there shooting jump shots at the freezer line. Finally, they stop. And one of the guys sits out and I get, get into the game. And after that, it was never, it was never an issue ever again. It was like one of those, you got to stand up for yourself moments. Yeah. You got to do that once in a while. <laughs> you you got to do it once in a while. Okay. So take me through going Manhattan college. You lose in the quarterfinals of the NIT. Okay. This is right where you grew up. You finally got a rolling. When did you get the Villanova call? Well, originally they had wanted to hire Pete Gillen first. Pete Gillen was also a rolling assistant for a couple of years. And then Pete decided he didn't want it. And then they called me. So it was probably two weeks later. And it was, you know, like, uh, so, so this is, so you get, are you finished playing yet? Are you still playing? Like, I don't know the time. Well, we're finished. We're finished playing. This is at the end of the season. So at what time of year is it? Like how, how late did it happen? Well, and I, I'll tell you a funny story that, uh, about when I signed my extension in Manhattan, when I, when I went to Manhattan college, one of the things I asked for was uh, an interest-free loan because uh, you couldn't buy a house in New York. I mean, I wasn't making enough money, money to buy a house. Right. And so they put in the contracts. Okay. We'll give you, give you this loan, interest-free loan. It wasn't that big, but it was enough to put down payment. And uh, if you this make your first house, my first house, my second house. No, I had a house as an assistant in Villanova. So then uh, they put in the contract, we're going to give you this loan. And if you make the NCAA tournament, we'll forgive the loan. Wow. So now. And you lost in a buzzer shot. Buzzer. But now here's the thing. The president of the school walks in my office the next day. You know, it brings tears to my eyes when I think about it. He says, coach, I just want you to know this. We didn't put that in the contract so that you would suffer from some kid missing a shot or making a shot or whatever. I'm gonna. You did what you we you did what we wanted you to do here. We're forgiving the loan. Wow. And I, I felt. And then two weeks later, I left. <laughs> two weeks later. Okay. So who calls you? Um, the, the athletic director Ted Acido has since passed away. He okay, calls so me. Ed calls you. Okay. This is. Now we're in the now we're in the nineties, right? So he he calls you on your office phone, home phone, home phone. Call me okay. on my home phone and said, "Did, did we, you pick it up or Harry pick it up?" I picked it up. Okay, and he said, "I." But he I, there were a couple of big time boosters who told me the call's coming, so it wasn't a surprise when I got the call because I had these friends at Villanova that I had made while I was there as an assistant that warned me and said, "You're looking good. He's going to call you." Okay, so he, he calls you. Calls me. Now, no, now you got to understand this too. At Villanova, event, not now so much. The athletic that it comes down to the president, not the athletic director. Right. The head priest is the guy who's making the decision on who's coaching the basketball team. Now, I don't know how it is now. They haven't done to do it in 20 years. So, but then that's how it was. So the athletic director called me, but the president wanted to see me. Okay. So you so you pack the car and you go see him? Did you, did yep. you tell, how'd you handle it with Manhattan? Did they, did they, did they know that they were talking, you're talking? They knew that the one place that I would leave for was that. Okay. With, they they kind of knew it from the beginning. I said, listen, I love it here. It's his home for me. Right. You know, my wife's from here. We're from here. We love it. But if something happened to Villanova, that's all bets are off. Okay. Um, so you go meet with the president. What was it like? It was, you know, uh, 
he said to people afterwards about me, he said, I liked him because of the fire he had in his belly. So, you know, you, you can imagine knowing me, you know, how I am with this kind of stuff. And, you know, the fact that I was there, the fact that, I, you know, I, I left there and people like me, you know what I mean? Help obviously and I think, it, I think it actually means I think it actually means more than getting any other job just because saying we really liked you and you personally we've seen what you've done but we know you I actually think it speaks more to when you can get a job at a place that you've been before yeah I think you're 100% right you're 100% right so and then you know um um he told me you know I'm I'd like to hire you. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. You know, I, I did believe it, obviously, because I knew kind of had a feeling that this was if for him to call me in. It was going to. But there were other guys involved. You know, uh, Mike Jarvis, they were talking to. They had talked to Nick McCarchick. Uh, they had talked to uh, uh, I, I confuse the, the Park Hill that was at Penn State. I yeah. Don't know Bruce was, Park Hill. Bruce. Um, those were the main three other guys. Okay. They, so, so last thing, this is the end of part one. Okay. <laughs> How did you handle it with leaving Manhattan in terms of the assistants, in terms of talking to the president, in terms of talking to the players, because this has become a big topic of conversation which is how you leave. How did yeah. You leave? I, I mean, I, I was very upfront with them from the beginning. As soon as I got that first call, as soon as they heard Roley left, they knew I had told them, I said, listen, if something happens, I don't know if anything's going to happen. But if something happens, it's Villanova. And they understood. They were told the athletic director of Villanova at Manhattan and the president were tremendous to me always. They understood completely. It wasn't a problem. You know, I felt so bad for them kids. They came there when the place was nothing. Now we have this thing going. Last, How about this? The last game in Dratty. Now, you got to understand this, Doug. When I get to Dratty, when I get to Manhattan, we play my first game against Hofstra. Butch Van Bredekoff is the coach. There's 50 people in the gym for my first game as a head coach. I walk in the gym for the game. I said, what did I do? I come here, there's 50 people. My last game at home, 2,000 people sold out. They were scapping tickets outside. We're playing Wisconsin Green Bay. Tony Bennett was wow. playing for his father. And we, we won that game at the buzzer. And that's when we went and played uh, um, Rutgers, beat them at the buzzer at Rutgers, and then lost to Notre Dame. Okay, so that's part one. That's just him getting to Villanova. Uh, getting to Villanova. He's been a part of the national championship team, been an assistant coach, been a head coach in Manhattan. Talked about his kind of own personal journey. Part two will be coaching at Nova, losing the job at Nova, going to UMass, getting into television, and now having a son who's a coach. All of that's upcoming on the next one. By the way, uh, the Doug Gottlieb Show is 12 to 3 Eastern Time, Pacific Coast Time, 3 to 6 Eastern Time, Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app. Wherever you download this podcast, you can download that as a podcast as well. Thanks so much for listening. And thanks to Steve Lapis. We'll have him join us for part two. That's next time on All Ball. Okay, all ball community, I'm about to make your holidays even happier. Get the Epson EcoTank cartridge-free printer because you know it's not festive? Cartridge conniptions. Those panic freakouts that happen when those pricey ink cartridges run out at the worst possible time. 
like when you're halfway through printing your holiday cards. With Epson EcoTank, kiss expensive cartridges goodbye. This printer has big ink tanks and comes with a ridiculous amount of ink, so you can just fill and chill all season long. Now that's Mary. Epson EcoTank. Learn more at Epson.com slash AllBallWithDoug. When you're ready to place a bet on today's games, do it with the most trusted name in online sports betting, BetRivers Sportsbook. Now legal in several states and growing. BetRivers Sportsbook delivers a unique sports betting experience featuring live streaming sports, in-game wagering, fast authorizations on most withdrawals, and gold standard customer service. Go to BetRivers.com, see for yourself, must be 21, and be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts, I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 